0: All of it is an attempt to just like have something to point to and be like, that's me. I can make sense of it and I can tell other people about it and they can then wrap their heads around it and then I can be understood and then I can be seen. Like that's what it all comes down to. Hey, welcome back. We are not for everyone. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by a hater and a lover. I'm Jess DeBakey. I'm the lover. And I'm Caroline Winkler and I'm the hater, I guess. Hi, baby girl. I guess you are. Yeah. I'm good. How's your week been? It's been
1: pretty good. I've been doing a lot of catch up this week on work things that I chose. I said I was intentionally drowning um, and now I have a period of time where I'm like, I'm going to get get back on track, get back on fucking track. So that's what I've been doing. And man, it's hard getting going. Once you've fallen out of any kind of routine, you've lost that momentum. Um, You've lost your motivation. It's just, oh God, pulling teeth. I, I literally have had to be like, sit down and do 20 minutes of something like it's just so painful to get going and everything feels impossible. I had to film like three videos this week and I was like, I don't think I can film videos anymore. Just thinking about it. Just, yeah, because you also can't prove it to yourself in thinking. It, this sounds so stupid. It sounds like, I'm oh, high, what do you mean? It's
0: prove, like prove it. I think like that's uh, interesting
1: any, anything that you start getting anxious about in. For me, the experience is that I'm then trying to think through In my head, how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to execute it. And and it's usually something where, like, I'm not going to believe that I can do it until I start physically doing something. Mm -hmm. So it's like all this energy where I feel like I've put energy towards figuring the thing out. But it's only been mental energy and and I have nothing to show for it because the thing still isn't done. And it actually starts to, like, reinforce this idea that energy I put towards it will not accomplish getting it done. It's a silly thing, but I, I feel like that's what happens to me. The more time I spend thinking about it, um, sometimes if it's in a procrastination mode, the more discouraged I can feel.
0: Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And yeah, you put it really well. I relate in so many ways. I feel like I feel that way in certain personal life things. I feel that way at work all the time. The thing that I said I was procrastinating last week, I still haven't done. It's a week later. We're recording exactly a week later. I'm still procrastinating it. Fuck yeah, don't do it. And as, as long as people keep – like, I keep getting validation from my coworkers that, like, oh, there's other things that are bigger priorities. It's okay if that kind of falls down to the bottom of the to-do list. But those are the things that are, like, actually low-hanging fruit. And if you just stopped thinking about it and did it, it would take, like, 20 minutes. Like, this specific task I'm thinking of, it would not take me that much time, I know. But, like – What is
1: why, – why do you not want to do it? What makes you want to put it off?
0: I guess – It's a little bit tedious. It's a little bit tedious of a task. I really just like don't have it in me to do tedious tasks at this ripe age of 31. Like it's all you did in school, especially I was studied like public Mm. health. It was very like math, science, analytical, um, like memorizing a lot of things, being very detail oriented. Then in my consulting career, like the main skill set that you put on your resume is like detail oriented do it like know how to do like financial projections and modeling like tedious tedious tasks TD. and i just <laughs> td
1: not for not for TD, not tds not, not, yeah. not for td <laughs> not in the way that i
0: love and um i just like have have don't have it in me i don't think i ever had it in me but i kind of like had to do it i was in settings where that's right. just what was valued and you had to But now I feel like I'm in marketing and I have a Mm -hmm. podcast and I shouldn't have to do tedious tasks. And I thought I freed myself from that and still they exist because that's work. I think it's tedious. It's tedious as long as it's
1: for me, if it's not something I care about, it's tedious, dude.
0: I guess that's true. If I
1: don't care about saving your life, then saving your life is suddenly a (laughs) tedious task. It's fucking seems tedious tedious to me. (laughs) Seems tedious as hell. Couldn't you just expire and let me get on with my day? Seems tedious as hell.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how I am feeling. I
1: feel like we had a we had a finite number of fucks, and we gave them out like they were free when we were younger. And now I am kind of out of fucks, and I don't have so many, and everything's tedious. Yeah.
0: It's the truth. I feel like especially, yeah, in like the the schooling and environment that you and I grew up in, that shared environment, like I gave them all then. I, I cared yes. too much about every single thing I worked on. We talked about this a couple of weeks and ago. And for, um, for someone
1: who didn't grow up in that environment, it was just like an overly competitive, overly, com- I want to say overly committed. I think people did too much. I think people tried too hard. Oh, yeah. Everyone was like, I mean, we, we worked and studied in high school till 2 a.m. That was so normal. But like, it was like, everyone was just killing it. And I wasn't, I, I wasn't in like the top, top tier of our class at all. There were so many other. Same. Committed freaks. Um, But that was just the culture. Yeah, it was intense. I remember going to college and being like,
0: this is nothing compared to our high, high school. I don't know. Totally. I totally agree with you. I felt the same way. And like while I was in college, I guess I valued that. And I was like, oh, cool. Like my high school education prepared me for this. But now looking back on it with how tired ty- tired I am and with how much I cannot accomplish <laughs> simple things anymore. I'm just like, oh, that time was supposed to be for fun and I totally did it backwards. Like, I know. <laughs> uh,
1: there were like so many drugs I had to catch up on then later. <laughs> like I, it really, it was time consuming and I'm, I commit to things. So, so I right. commit to things. You know, something that, um, our high school education did not teach me that I found out this week. What's that? Ma'am, how do you spell midriff? Like your midriff section.
0: Okay. M I D R I F F. Suck a butt.
1: That wow how'd you know that?
0: I'm really good at spelling, but I think a lot of people spell it with a T at the end. Yeah! I thought it me. was your
1: mid-drift. I thought, first yeah. of all, I've been saying mid-drift forever and someone mm-hmm. typed it in a text to me and I was like, Pardon? Pardon? <laughs> you no, know, it's it's in the middle. It's drifting between mm-hmm. your legs and your head. What is a drift? What the fuck That's is true. A, or what, is what is a, a mid-drift? Wait, mid two D's? riff. Wait, no, it's
0: one D. Mid so riff. So it's in the middle of your riff. What is a mid riff?
1: The region on the front of the body between the chest and the waist. Yeah, it's drifting between the chest <laughs> and the waist. Mid riff. This is. I mean, I. I
0: didn't. I did
1: not like learning that.
0: I resent every day that our our school didn't have a like spelling bee competitive group Wait. because I would have crushed it. Okay. <laughs>
1: But we didn't have that in seventh grade. We did have a spelling bee. It was just like in Miss Known's class. Do you remember that? Okay. Well, maybe I will. I remember that, and I will tell you why. Because I was the runner up, runner up, and it was um, a specific spelling. You know, I remember it was like themed spelling lessons in middle school, sure. it was seventh grade, and this one was on like different continents and countries and cities and bodies of water, and. There was like a few moronic ones in there, like Sea of Japan. And Mm. um, so I got Sea of Japan, (laughs) which I spelled S E A O V (laughs) J A P A N. And I can remember to this day, it was me and Meredith fucking Mangled. Me and Meredith (laughs) Mangled standing up proudly, the last two. And Miss Raynone was like, she like stifled Miss Raynone human human golden retriever like stifled a smile and just went you may take a seat and i was like i think you're mistaken first of all uh, you made a mistake spelled perfectly this was a pretty easy
0: one (laughs) i spelled it perfectly
1: (laughs) it was too easy what do you mean i can take a seat and everyone was like giggling around me and i had no idea and i was like did i spell c wrong like what did i do and then afterwards somebody was like you misspelled of you fucking (laughs) remedial piece of dirt and um and i lost the spelling bee
0: I'm so sorry to hear that if yeah. if it helps at all, I don't recall this. Um, it's not something that's like you know burned in my memory along with your memory. Um, it's crazy
1: that you haven't been thinking about this.
0: I know <laughs> <laughs> but also I feel like it's one of those things where you probably just said v but you know it's F. do you know what I mean like sometimes? Just to be clear at
1: 13 I did I did know how to spell of I agree I did I did know how to spell of at 13. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Yes, I but sorry, I, yeah, I'm saying something obvious. Like of course that's what happened, but I guess what I'm trying to get to is yeah. this this happens to me a lot to this day where like yeah, I'll look at the number 4 and I'll say F because I 4 starts with F and like in my head they sometimes blend because
1: Totally. I
0: don't know, that's the way brains work, wires get crossed. So that's that's a travesty. I can't believe that was the final word for the final two. Like, right? Give us something Give us midriff. Then you could feel proud about going, going loss. down.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really hurt. And midriff hurt too.
0: But we're right. always learning. Yes, we are, baby girl. Teach me something. What do you have to teach me today?
1: <laughs> something is happening. Something is happening. Which I forgot. This totally happens. As soon as. So I have a boyfriend. I've like skidded over this fact a little bit because I don't know how much personal stuff. Whatever. I'm going to share. Whatever. I have a boyfriend. You know about it. You know what a boyfriend is. And I know
0: you gave me some credit last week because of the the change on your Hinge profile. And I uh, I feel really proud of this.
1: Oh yeah, that you for, you for ha- getting a boyfriend. I think yeah. you helped me meet this guy when you helped me update my Hinge profile. Yeah,
0: yeah, and
1: um, so he's a boyfriend and he's mine and I'm keeping him, etc. <laughs> and and I literally since being in a relationship, I am getting hit on so much fucking more correct now that i have a boyfriend it's like an instant change not that i like wasn't getting hit on before but it's like it's like they smell something they smell something and they are taking action like they uh they have armed the battlements and they are taking action in an unprecedented manner like it, it it's like undeniable and i remember last time i was in a relationship um years ago feeling like, oh, my God, there's all these men. Like, there are options everywhere. Like, I wasn't interested. I was in a committed relationship. But I was just very aware that, like, oh, dudes are fucking everywhere. And they're mm-hmm. all chomping at the bit. And then as soon as that relationship ended, I feel like they all just, yep. like, slipped back into their holes. And the, there is just something about, like, obviously it's me. Obviously my energy changes yep. when I'm in. I, I think most people's do. I'm trying to figure out what it is but like
0: I think there's two things this is totally true they
1: they smell that you're unavailable they smell that you're uninterested like I'm not interested I'm not trying to talk to men I'm not trying to pick up a man it keeps happening in the gym like I was Mm -hmm. trying to talk to a guy in the gym a few months ago and nobody would talk to me and like I've been asked out like twice by someone in the gym they smell something and I don't feel like I'm doing anything different but I don't think it's a coincidence And I don't know, that's, that's, it's a drastic change.
0: (laughs) I totally agree. This happens. I was just the other day sitting at a, like, brewery that I go to all the time and do work from, and I noticed multiple guys, like, clocking me and, like, kind of looking at me multiple times. Like, one guy clocked me when I came and sat down, and then he, like, looked away, and then he looked again. Like, I could tell that he was looking at me. And... Obviously, I didn't do anything about that, but I was just like, "Oh, okay, cool. That's nice to feel or something." I never felt this when I was single, um, and I feel like so my my observation from that experience was like, I think I'm just noticing it more because I think I feel more like secure or less. I don't know how to describe it, like more confidence. Or more just like, oh, they're fucking clocking me. Cool. I don't have to do anything with that. As opposed to, they were probably clocking me the whole time, but I just wasn't aware of it because I don't, hmm. I don't know how to describe this. Like, I
1: guess that would be surprising to me. I feel like if you're single and you're looking around for, like, someone to make a connection with, I feel much more aware. I feel like it's happening now and I'm noticing it now and my head's down all the time. Like, I'm not trying to talk to people. And, like, two different guys have come up at the gym and asked me out. Um, Like, it's not me. Like, I would have noticed that before. It's definitely, like, happening more. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I I feel like there's, there's something that I cannot articulate about the energy when, like, you... Yeah, you care less. You carry yourself with more, like, whatever, I'm just here living my life. And I think that attracts people, for sure.
1: Totally, totally. And
0: I think... Yeah, I, I, I'm. I need to think more on my hypothesis here, but I yeah. feel like um, I used to, at least when I was single and like looking to meet someone, kind of walk around with. I would like definitely be on the lookout, but um, something about being on the lookout like repelled them. I feel totally like, of if course. I'm, or even you know maybe they would have looked at me. It like nothing about my looks have changed. Maybe they. People thought I was attractive and, like, in passing and whatever, but they weren't actually spending the time to, like, clock me and think about it in that way because I was probably, like, glaring at them, like, who's here and who can I talk to type of thing. Yeah. But as soon as you're looking down, as soon as you're, like, a little more, like, (laughs) off to the side doing your own thing, not bothered, they have a chance to look at you without. so funny. without you looking for them I don't I don't know how to explain that
1: I think everybody wants the thing that they've decided they can't have like as soon as Mm. I'm and it's so funny because I'd actually been working in recent months I think I talked about on the podcast I've been working on trying to make more eye contact with people not just with men with women with cashiers with fucking whoever just given delivering the eye contact because I avoid it so hard and um, it had, it has reaped some beautiful moments with strangers for me. You know, I have like a really sweet friendship with the guy at my corner liquor store now.
0: And
1: <laughs> um, And, um, so I've been working on like improving my eye contact just as a human. But I feel like now, I, I think I'm like looking at people less and it's attracting them or so I, I guess just hmm. trying less, obviously. We've established I've gotten no fucking chill and I'm, um, I guess being in a relationship chills me out. It's like, calm down. But yeah, it's funny. This guy, so this guy came, so this guy in the gym, I felt so, I really felt terrible. He was looking over, just staring, just staring, but it wasn't creepy. He seemed very sweet and I, you know, just immediately looked away because like, I'm not trying to get in a staring contest. Like, what are we going to do from there? and um looked away but then i immediately felt bad cuz his stare was so overt and so explicit that it it's it's just crazy how it immediately puts you in the position at least for a woman i feel like it makes immediately puts you in the position of choosing between you know smiling back and maybe like leading them on mm-hmm. um but making them feel good or probably letting them think you're a bitch. It doesn't it doesn't feel like there's an in-between. It doesn't feel like there's a way that a nice person can stare at you, smile at you, and you just like dart your eyes away that doesn't feel bitchy. Like maybe you can move your eyes away slowly with like a half grimace. <laughs> like it doesn't really, that does it feels pretty binary. And and it feels bitchy. And I guess that's, you know, whatever. That's uh that's a judgment that they can put on it or not, whatever. And I guess it's fine for people to think I'm bitchy. But it, it's so weird to me. It feels like those are the options that you either like get yourself in a situation you don't want to be in or you let them think that you're a kind of rude, uppity bitch. And it doesn't feel like there's room in the middle. So then I saw him like, I felt bad immediately. I felt bad. I don't want to be bitchy. So then I saw him staring at me again. And I was like, I'll just smile. I'll just be nice. He seems nice. Doesn't seem like a creep. Doesn't seem like whatever. Like I'll just smile back at him. And then I was like, I immediately was like, oh, that was the wrong call. Mm-hmm. Oh, he took that as a green light. Like that was the Opened the, wrong the floodgates. A hundred percent. He he took it as everything. And then I was trying to get out of the gym and I was like, he's gonna follow me out of this gym. He's gonna come talk to me. And then I'm and then I just made everything worse. Now I have to like overtly shut him down. And he did. He like followed me out of the gym and you know, said something and wanted to go hang out. And I had to be like, Oh, no, I'm sorry, I have a boyfriend. And I was like, I you I felt, I felt like I did wrong. I was like, I I, I said, I was like, I smiled. I'm sorry I smiled back because, like, you seemed nice. And Mm, you said that, wow. I did, I did. I, like, I didn't know what to say. I felt like I, I felt like I had to apologize for making him feel safe enough to put himself out there. Like, I do feel for guys or anyone, like, getting rejected. Like, I felt like I ruined his night. I feel like I ruined his night. night. He went. It was like 10 p.m. We were both doing like a... Getting in like a late night workout. He seemed like a nice enough guy. I don't want to go on a date with him, whether I'm single or in a relationship. is not for me, but... And then he went and he did the bold thing and he talked to a girl and like, that's so hard and like, I can't fucking do it. And then I just had to ruin his night and it it felt terrible. I felt so yes. bad. And then we were walking together and there was nothing to say after that. There's nothing to say. And, you know, he... We stumbled through like a sentence that he peeled off and it was just so, I don't know. I was just thinking about that too. Like he's going to fucking survive. He's, he's forgotten about me and his life goes on and we all get rejected and it's fucking fine. But I really do hate that those feel like the options to me.
0: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. I don't know if I've like exactly been in a similar situation or a similar mindset maybe is more so the right thing, but I understand it. Like as you describe it, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I can see why – I like, I, I know what you're – I know what you're saying. I feel like – I don't know. This is the other side of it. Somebody who is bold enough, and, like, I applaud them for being this bold, to ask somebody out who they just made eye contact and a smile with at the gym yeah. um, probably knows that on the other side of that is, like, honestly very likely rejection. Like, there's probably – an eighty percent chance that that results in rejection, and a twenty percent chance that it results in actually exchanging numbers or going on a date. So I feel like this guy—I don't know—I applaud what he did, and it's bold. And you don't want to be a bitch. He didn't seem—he didn't seem like an ass. But not everybody who's not an ass is going to get a date with you. No, you know I know they—they
1: I mean? they, they don't deserve anything from me. But right. he seemed like a sweet, shy guy who had like racked up the courage, I and see. I had to, and I had to pull my arm back and slap him across the face. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like he was, like, it it could have been, he could have been me sitting on the podcast being, like, I'm going to try to make more eye contact with people. Mm -hmm. Like, these are goals I set for myself as, like, a kind of, like, perpetually intimidated person. And it's, like, I walked into the fucking liquor store and was, like, I'm going to make eye contact with the guy at the liquor store who I see, Probably too often. And he lives in my neighborhood and we should be friendlier and I'm going to make eye contact. And I wanted and I made eye contact and then he just spat in my face. Like that's what I felt right. like I was like I had to do. I didn't like it.
0: But you have to do it. I get it. I also feel like, you know, continuing to put myself in this guy's shoes, even if he was the shy, nice guy. And that was like the first time he's ever done that or something. Um, at the end of the day, he, the, the scary part of what he did was approaching you. I think more so than the answer. So it's kind of like once you approach somebody, you did the scary thing and you were perfectly nice to him and you even apologized, which you didn't need to do. But like, that's the best case scenario if he was going to get rejected, you know, that somebody was like, oh, like, thanks. But, you know, I'm dating someone and whatever. I feel like he probably he can walk away from that and be like, "Okay, I did the scary thing. I got rejected and I'm still fucking standing like Mm -hmm. it's okay." You know, I mean, that's me being the perpetual optimist, but um, I would give yourself a little more, yeah, like a little more grace for those situations. But I agree with your original premise of like... It sucks that there's, it feels like there's these two polar opposite options in that situation. Yeah, like, why
1: can't I lay into the middle? <laughs> either
0: I ignore you and avert eye contact completely, or I try to be like a friendly stranger walking through the world and I I might give you the wrong impression. And I, the truth is, I don't know is, what to do like, with that.
1: Of course, intellectually, I believe like, Fine, let them fucking think you're a bitch. Like, I don't owe you anything. Of course, that's what I know. And of course, that's what I believe. But it is uncomfortable in that moment. I have a very, I have a very clear memory of being very young. One of the first kids I ever had a crush on. I was like 11 years old at Bible camp. Stephen Abbey was the fucking hottest kid at Bible camp. And Mm -hmm. he was going out with this girl, Brianna, and he left Brianna for me um he decided he had a crush on me and man was I feeling up on my high horse and then he also had like a little stooge of a friend a little pumpkin of a friend who had developed a crush on me and the little pumpkin professed his feelings for me and I let him I don't know I I turned him down somehow and Stephen Abbey who had already asked me to go out with him Stephen Abbey and all of his little gang all of his little posse who were friends with the little stooge pumpkin came and like publicly like they bullied me in front of everybody in the church. We were in the church and they came and they I can't remember exactly what they said, but I remember them like shaming me for like turning this guy down and it it just it was like a lesson I learned very early that like if you turn a guy down, you're going to like get hurt for it. And mm-hmm. I I don't think it's a unique experience. Um, but I I was like publicly like shamed for it as like an eleven year old, and that's so fucked up. <laughs> I mean, it's fucked up. It's whatever, you know. It's like it's kids, like it's kids. Yeah. Um, it's not special. It's so universal. But um, I do feel like it's like a lesson that we all learned really young, the consequences of turning someone down, and that you should be afraid of doing it, and um, and I'm also very fucking. I'm a fucking empathetic person. Like I feel other people's feelings a lot more. Like I feel them as priority above my own and it makes it hard. But I know what the right answer is. I know you just turn people down and let them think you're a bitch if they want to think you're a bitch. But it still feels hard to me.
0: Yeah, I get it. And I've I also know that about you. Like I know in talking to you about dating and like just going on first dates with different people and then maybe feeling like there's they're really nice, but there's not really a vibe there. Like what do I do? To me, I've I, I've reached the point in my life where like the thing that we both cognitively know, like intellectually know, is also the thing that I feel pretty empowered to put into action. Yeah. But I didn't feel like that like three years ago, you know, and and I I understand I understand where it comes from. And I mean what you were just talking about with like <sighs> feeling like it's your fault like if you reject someone there's something bad on the other side of that I mean we've alluded to this in past conversations on the podcast but even in like I think I relate to that more in like a sexual connotation like when you're actually you've been on the date and you're like deciding whether to go home with them or not or whether to you know proceed with sexual activities with them or not yes use the clinical term sexual engagement proceed (laughs) (laughs) with the intercourse um that's where i have felt that pressure like less so on the front end of like that's so funny we're reversed meeting someone and yeah
1: i'm like i don't care i'll I'll never have sex with you i don't give a fuck
0: yeah that for me i mean obviously now i don't have a problem with that but like when i was in my 20s figuring all that out like i definitely did a lot of things that looking back i'm not a regretful person but like a lot of things that I could take off of my uh, list of things I've done and people I've done totally. it with. Totally, you know. Oh,
1: when I was younger too, didn't didn't know how to didn't know how to
0: didn't know how to say no. Once yeah. you're in the situation and you're like, he was perfectly nice and like, you know, we had a fun time. Like, uh, you know, I'm not saying that anything horrific happened to me. The bar I- was
1: like, he didn't hit me. He wasn't yeah. punch- He wasn't throwing punches. So I guess I owe this. So I guess sad. like
0: yeah he paid for dinner like and that's not even Ugh. like an intellectual thought that occurred to me but just the vibe the feeling was like he took me out on this date and we had a fun time so I guess like and I maybe even do want to see him again but I don't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean I want to like hook up tonight yeah but I feel like in order to see him again I probably have to hook up tonight because
1: mm. I don't want him
0: to feel rejected you know that whole mindset so, so silly uh, it's so fucked. For me, it was a lot
1: more guilt that, like, well, if I've been friendly and, bitch, I'm fucking friendly. I'm friendly as I'll get out. If I've been friendly and I laughed at your jokes because I like to fill the silence, then you must <laughs> expect that I like you. A lot of the time, I don't even like you. I right. just,
0: I'm You're just a good dinner date. I'm
1: just a fun time dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I'm like, oh, well, they. That's why I've had to work going on dates. I literally started working on like. Don't laugh if it's not funny. Don't yep. fill the air if you're not interested. Like, don't ask a follow-up question if you don't give a fuck. Because there, it smooths something over during the date, but then it it, it made it harder for me to uh, not abandon myself. Like, yeah, I actually don't like you.
0: Right. It makes it harder to decipher, did I actually like you or... Am I just a fun time? I mean, this is a thing that I ran into constantly as I dated more and more over the last few years before I met my boyfriend. I came to this realization where I was like, as I look back on all the dates I've been on, they all kind of are the same. Like, I don't, I can't actually tell you anything about most of those guys. Or I can tell, you you know, I can tell you on paper, oh, he had this job and was from this city and uh, looked like this. But... I can't tell you was he funny, was he smart, was he engaging until like the more recent ones um, mm. because I was just doing all the work. And so like all those dates actually looked exactly the same. They looked Man. like me showing up Man. and telling my story and being funny and filling the silences and asking the questions. And I also like this is coming off like I didn't let these men speak, which trust me, like that sounds great. I could do that too. But that's not what I was doing. I I just was ending up on dates with these people who like weren't really giving me a lot. And so I would fill it. I would fill that gap. And then I would leave being like, I guess he was fun. I guess he was nice. I guess we had a good time. And to this day, I'm like, did we? Or was that just me? My hunch is it was just me because I actually can't tell you one funny thing that random guy said. I can't (sighs) tell you one interesting thing that made me think and made me want to, like, have another conversation with him. That's I just so like funny. conversing with people. Like, <laughs> it's I feel like so many women feel this way. And there's actually, like, a lot more research coming out recently in books written on the topic of, like, high-achieving women, high-performing women, and, like, their inability to find equal partners. Because there's just a lot less men who are, like, achieving at the levels that women are in in this time period what that can't be true that doesn't sound accurate oh it's totally true there's more women who are going than high achieving men yeah there's more women who are getting college educations higher education um not necessarily like women in the c-suite women at an executive level at a company but women who are like working on themselves and women who are like learning and engaging with the world like that exists a lot more amongst women than men there's Hmm. there's actually data on it and there's this gap in like a millennial woman's ability to find a millennial man who um matches her in that way that's interesting
1: i think one thing that feels very true to me is like i do i do think that our generation has experienced like raising the standard of what what we've been taught to expect from a relationship yeah from men or women or whoever we're dating but i think it becomes more there's more friction when it's applied to expecting it from men because like you know there's all this fucking empowerment hootie do whatever that's taken place especially in the last like 10 years maybe um and we've like you know all decided We deserve X, Y, Z. We deserve this kind of emotional engagement maybe that a lot of our parents' generation didn't have. Or we deserve a lot of this like uh, level of communication that just didn't exist for previous generations. And we've decided that there's been a lot of conversation around that in the last couple of years. And we can get on board with that in a couple of years. However, the people that we're dating were still raised 30 years ago. Yeah. So it, you don't like and even for men, I'm talking about men here, like even for men who are totally on board with like, yes, I do want to meet you at that thing. I do agree with that value. They were still just raised in a culture of 30 fucking years ago. So I do feel like there is I feel like, uh, first of all, there there are a lot of men out there who completely live up to all the standards and whatever, including the person I'm seeing right now. Um, but in a way, I feel like if you take like the average millennial woman and the average millennial man, I feel like actually the the culture and values that the millennial woman is looking for are embodied by the men being born in twenty twenty two. And they happen mm. to be babies. So yeah, that's not gonna work <laughs> out. But you know what I mean? Like you yeah. it 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 ugh. You don't get to just, like, choose in a couple of years, I'm going to start emotionally engaging differently and, like, communicating differently. Uh, it, there, There's decades of, like, limitations and cultural molding that has gone into each 30-year-old man. And even if they wanted to, I don't think you get to just choose your way out of this. So I feel like there's kind of a lag. Um, does
0: that right. make
1: sense? Am I saying that right?
0: It does make sense. I think – I think we're saying something similar and I think I agree yeah Um, I feel like the question that that raises though is okay if you know because the women were also raised 30 years ago so if those women can kind of like re reinvent what their expectations are or how they show up in relationships then not why can't men, because some men do, but why is it much less common or much less accessible or much less easy or whatever the word is that I'm looking for. Um, But I also just, so that's kind of one piece of it, but the other piece is more like just in agreeing with you, like, yeah, I think we need to level set our expectations a lot in what people tend to look for in dating around our age and in this time. Like, we've talked about this before, but... I think it's really, really true like the the way that women now and maybe people now, men too for all I know, um, are looking for a partner is way more like I want my soulmate, I want my equal, I want my like teammate, I want my right. partner, I want my best friend, I want all the things in this person. And back when our even our parents, let alone grandparents and so on, were meeting each other, it was way more about like, you know, some common values like having love and having you know, having a good basis of a relationship, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't needing everything from one person. It wasn't the level of expectation we have now. And, And the communication expectations and the way that they show up also was like not part of the dialogue. Mental health wasn't part of the dialogue. So that's what I'm saying. It's kind of both. It's kind of both. It's like, let's level set our expectations. But also there's something interesting here to like become aware of before you can maybe set your expectations appropriately, readjust them. Well, so, yeah. that's
1: a, that's exactly what I'm saying. I think you just answered your own question when you were like, why can't men do the same? Because to me, it's not – I don't think that women have learned a new skill. I don't think right. that in the last 10 years we learned how to communicate. Like, Obviously, there are generalities where like women are a lot more verbally inclined, a lot more emotionally inclined. We have that skill and we've practiced it with our friends and family. For the most part, these are generalizations – Um, Our whole lives. We didn't learn a new skill in the last couple of years. We set a new expectation for what we want from a partner. Exactly Mm. like you said. So that's what I'm saying is like, I feel like women, by and large, these are all fucking generalizations. Come at me in the comments. Women, by and large, have always had the skill. What has changed is what we expect from the long-term romantic relationship now as opposed to that of our parents. And men maybe didn't get to practice that skill. The number of men who like, yeah. they they, what do they love doing with their friends? They love doing stuff. They love mm-hmm. going golfing, going camping, like getting drinks. It's not as much like I sat up late till 2 a.m. last night with my best friend and gabbed. Like it's not a skill that they were raised with in the same way. So you can choose to like share that value all of a sudden, but you don't get to choose to have fun to to have practiced it your whole life. So that's what I think is different. It's like now we've decided we deserve to all marry our best friend and have this kind of like companionship and this kind of um, equality. Great. We all agree. Um, Yeah. I'm saying it with like empathy to people who like want to meet you there. But they're dealing with like years and years of nurture and nature and culture. And it's not just like a, a, a switch you flip. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the exact thing that's changed. It's just the expectation.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. We're on the same page. Yeah. I I feel like what really needs to happen because then that just feels like this impossible thing but i don't know in order to level set the expectations it takes time it takes time it takes like dating people and figuring out like okay what are the non-negotiables or what are the things that i can see that people actually if they spend more time with me they'll like learn and they'll do better for me or um what are the things that can be worked on versus not and what are the things that's just like listen this person's not gonna like meet me on the same level as i am with emotional intelligence I don't know with this aspect of emotional intelligence and that's okay because they meet me in these other ways you know
1: oh yeah totally like when you say level set the expectations you mean like adjust your expectations
0: yeah level set expectations is such a consulting term it's like it means set them to a reasonable level basically Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. if you have really high expectations on like every single pillar that exists in a relationship like good luck to you but if you level set them, which is not necessarily bringing them all down to the equal, like, 50 out of 100 or whatever. It's like some of them are 70, some of them are 40, some of them are 50, you know. Yeah. Level set each of them the way that works for you, like, and get it to a reasonable level where there's a balance and, like, a equilibrium across them. Yeah. Um, you might have some better luck. Yeah. Or it's also kind of setting them according to the environment, I was going
1: to say, I feel like that's exactly what I was just thinking, is that I feel like it's a little futile to do your, like, pre-level setting before you meet the person. I feel like it all depends on the person. Like, this person offers this, and it makes me really need that thing. Like, have you ever been with somebody who made you feel so needy? Like, so many people told me I was... Like so physically needy, I like love physical affection,
0: mm. and I was like,
1: oh, I guess I'm just like physically needy. I guess I'm just this unfucking fillable well, and um, that's what I am. I'm so physically needy, and then you end up with somebody who makes it feel normal, and you're like, I wasn't fucking needy. I just wasn't getting a need yeah. filled, <laughs> and now that that's filled, I can move on to other things. I can put my attention elsewhere. But the yeah, I feel like it's hard to guess before you meet someone what each of those need to actually be set at and I think it's probably different I feel like it's not static per person I think it's just probably like per dynamic
0: oh totally yeah because different people can bring different things out in you too you don't stay the same with each person it's not like you show up with your levels all exactly the same every Ah, time and then see if their levels match your levels will adjust too. there is no self there is no self self. I
1: forgot there is no self and you reminded me
0: It's the podcast tagline. There's no self. There is no self. What you just said about physical affection is a really good example because I remember when I first started dating my boyfriend, we were having a conversation about love languages. And I've always thought that my love language was quality time probably, maybe words of affirmation in there too. And he was like, sure. I mean, listen, you like them all and I'll try to give them all to you. (laughs) But (laughs) um, if I had to choose one that's like mostly yours, I would say it's physical touch. And I was like, absolutely not. I've never been a physical touch person. (laughs) You're lying. (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. Like some of my best girlfriends are touchy with friends and like to like cuddle up with each other. And like, I don't know, just are, are really physically affectionate with girlfriends. And I've never been that way. I've never been that way with my family. Like I like to hug. I'm a hugger. But besides that, I don't need to like be cuddled up all day. But I realized once he pointed that out, I was like, oh, shit, like. I am always trying to touch you. I am always sitting on top of you. I am always, I used to like try to wrestle with him as a way to like get yes. to the physical touch. Because yes. I didn't just know yes. how to like start it and ask for it. It's called sex wrestling. Constant. I always did that. I was like, I don't know how to just like start sex. So I'm going to fight you first. I guess totally. this is the way to do it. Totally. I'll touch you. But anyway, I wasn't like that even in my last relationship. Like I have not been like that with mm-hmm. other people I'm for whatever fight reason.
1: I'm you. I don't know. I Fuck you. But I'll start sure by fighting you.
0: That's oh, like, I am so. Totally. I'm bizarre. I
1: keep scoring. I keep scoring. I'm losing.
0: But right. <laughs> yeah. But at least we're touching. You know, like <laughs> I his whatever levels he brought and whatever levels I brought like changed with each other, and then mm. all of a sudden I became a little bit different like something a different need that i hadn't really expressed before showed up and and that's that's just i feel like the way it goes with all of them and you see like is this comfortable is it safe yeah. does it feel good or not i love that um, it's such
1: a good reminder there is no static self i always i forgot i know i forgot not. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget it don't forget it dude you don't you ain't nothing you ain't shit bitches ain't shit you ain't nothing but a
0: hound dog I don't that's know good why. that's what came to mind <laughs> thanks i always just want to bring it back to dog sex anyway yeah. um, and you did okay that that song just weirdest segue ever but i look for them and i get pleasure out of trying to make things segues instead of just having five minutes of silence while we look at our notes um <laughs> i ain't nothing but a hound dog elvis old music old people okay
1: Are you taking us through the bibbity bop of your brain <laughs> old music old people oh my yep. god that was the transition <laughs>
0: that's what the segue f- what a funnel old- i'm a okay. pro now we're here do old people still say holy mackerel or did they <laughs> ever say it this is a genuine question <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> Do you know anyone what happens person Google
1: that? Yeah.
0: that says that? I saw this Instagram. Re- I keep getting this Instagram ad pop up in my reels for some sort of like um, you can make a photography book for, you know, as a gift for friends and family, things like that. And so the ad starts with this old man like opening the gift that his grandson has given him and he says, holy mackerel. And I keep seeing it. I keep getting this ad. I yeah. guess maybe because Father's Day is coming up. And um, I was just like, wait a second. Like, this is such a classic movie line or something. But right. does it happen? And I have Lebanese ancestors. No, it's such a ancestors, good question. So they don't say that. But-
1: because I feel like most of most of our, at least for me, like most of my cultural interpretation of like colloquialisms and language and whatever, obviously I wasn't there. I wasn't there. So it comes from movies and it comes from TV. But Hollywood didn't adopt realism until like you could argue it was still stylized in the 70s. But like the goal was not realism in the Mm. golden age of Hollywood and MGM. Like realism was not the goal. And so they didn't speak and write that way. Like we're we're pulling. I mean, I guess you can probably look to literature more so, but like not all of it. So, I don't know. It's it's like, I, you take it as truth, but right. the truth is actually coming from, like, a writer writing for Hollywood to relay some attitude or sensibility about, I don't know. I'm like, well, yeah, what is the truth? I, I agree. I, like, don't know. Is Holy yeah. Mackerel something that they just started writing in Scribes?
0: I looked it up earlier, and... It said that it's thought to be a variation of saying like, Holy Mary, or like, you know how you might say like, oh my God, or something. Yeah. There's another, I guess, I don't know, back in the day, maybe they were saying Holy Mary or Holy Mother of God. I think that's like Which a phrase. Which was like too phrase.
1: racy. It was like too racy to actually yeah, name someone Yeah, and felt divine. maybe
0: like sacrilege to be using religion and mentions of God in slang and stuff. So they started saying holy mackerel instead but like who's the they that we're talking about
1: yeah give me a grandpa show me one grandpa show me and i'll okay and i'll allow it
0: i would love it i would love to have a grandpa on the show i don't have one to provide but
1: (laughs) mine are all dead
0: me too i bet they were sweet Eh. i bet they would have given their all to the show if they could (laughs) not for everyone our grandpas (laughs)
1: do you know what I think? That's what this whole fucking podcast is called. I wish. This podcast is just, do you want to know what I fucking think? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh,
0: I was thinking it's more like the goal at the end, not that there's an end, but the goal is like to eventually be able to just be in each other's minds. We don't have, we just show yeah. up and stare at each other
1: for I an hour. We, all, we are more so. The more bippity bop segues that you take me through, what, what was that? Ain't nothing but a hound dog, Elvis, old songs, old people. Here we are, let's let's
0: go. That's literally how my brain works. Like, uh, I'm giving you all the answers. If you want to understand me, if anyone in my life wants to understand me, that's how it works. I love that. Um, But no, what do you think?
1: What I think right now, I realized that one of the most mortifying things on earth to me currently There's nothing more mortifying than sending someone a selfie, but you accidentally send them, it's like a live Live. photo. A live
0: photo selfie is like one of the most embarrassing things you can do in your life. Oh, I know. You have to remember to turn off the live. Oh, you got to turn off the live, please. It's terrible. It's terrible because you see yourself going like, (laughs) <laughs> the
1: vulnerability <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just like you see yourself fall into like a kissy face or a smile and fall out or something or or if or maybe it's not a selfie maybe it's like a photo i had my sister take of me and she's giving me like art direction from behind the camera and you can hear you can it hear like, it one of the worst things you i could ever do is send somebody a live version of a selfie wow. don't do it
0: turn off my life I, I knew where you were going as soon as you started to say it because <laughs> I feel this shame so often. I send so many selfies all the time because what else are we on this earth to do? And my best friend Kai loves to receive the lives and I feel I feel like I can be my well, it's truest safe. self it's with her. It's yeah, yeah, so I will send her the lives and she'll go through them and she's like, oh, look at like, 0.5 seconds in and i'm like <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what you were doing look at this journey you took me on i hear that's what intimacy is you just pinpointed true intimacy is somebody that you can thoughtlessly send live selfies mm-hmm. to
0: exactly yeah that's I'm, a safe space it's good with my boyfriend because he has an android so they don't send which i know we've talked about and is like you know a bit triggering for you but we yeah. uh we can't send lives to androids you can only send them between IPhones, oh so I never okay. have that concern with it's him. like
1: you've got the safety on yeah right okay
0: but sometimes I'll make him watch a live of my photos with me in person anyway and be like look how good my <laughs> hair flip looks
1: <laughs> look at all look at all the rest of the moments you thought I looked cute here well you get it. I'm gonna blow your mind with half a second later look at the before better. and
0: after yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: mine are never good mine is never the rest of it is never good it's like it's very carefully edited Right. To be the one angle where my cheeks look like cheeks and my nose looks like a nose. You don't want to see the rest of it. You don't want to see the 360.
0: What do your cheeks look like when they don't look like cheeks?
1: Sometimes they just look like hills or like...
0: <laughs> the hills are alive.
1: The hills are fucking alive in this live photo. <laughs> yeah. Or like sometimes... Um, sometimes my nose from certain angles looks like a pixie nose. And sometimes it looks like a potato nose. Oh, and I don't know what neither of either of those noses <laughs> really means. <laughs> one's good, one's one's okay. No nose is good or bad; they're all equal. But I hate one of them. But, yeah. And sometimes my eyes look so small, and sometimes they look so big. It's like, how can I look? What is up with this fucking the spectrum of my face? I can look it's so different.
0: Con- yeah, I constantly am looking different every <laughs> single moment and every single angle and every We're single so strand of hair that moves. Yeah. I look different. I get it. We're fucking
1: complex. It. Yeah, cool.
0: There's no self. There's no, There's no self.
1: There's no self in the selfie.
0: This is super random. It. It's a bit of a petty complaint. It's a bit of a rant. Okay. I feel like so much of what I say these days comes from Instagram reels. I'm like, I was watching a reel and this is what I saw. I'm sorry. I'm fucking dense. I don't. Well, you're not. <laughs> this reading is all books, I do. So she's on the reels. She's on the reels. Yeah. <laughs> But I was watching a reel and (laughs) this influencer was um, promoting a sunscreen or actually I think it was a foundation that has sunscreen in it. And she said that it has SPF 27 and I clutched my pearls and (laughs) was like, I feel that I've been lied to my whole life. I feel like I've been gaslit by the SPF industry or whatever that is. By well, you actually have,
1: but not that, but that's additional gaslighting.
0: Well. twenty-seven. Well, go on. I just think, when have you ever heard of 27? You hear 25, you hear 30, you hear 50. You hear yeah. fives or zeros at the end of the number. And... Then it's really weird that a certain brand decided, no, we're going to get specific with it and we're going to say 27. And now I'm just questioning everything. And I'm pretty new to the SPF game. Like I used to be really bad about applying sunscreen um, and just like told myself that I have olive skin and it's okay. But I'm I'm getting into it. I'm trying to take care, trying to not get wrinkles. And I don't know who to trust. Have you seen this?
1: Yeah, so you definitely shouldn't. The SPF stuff is actually kind of interesting, and I didn't retain enough of the deep dive I experienced to speak intelligently to it. But a lot of this is just like, obviously, it's just a lot of it is marketing. First of all, no, you should not trust fucking cosmetic brands and sunscreen brands. I'm like yeah. they're all just they're all just trying to get you to buy as many products as you can. Um, and and then there's a really interesting aspect to the beauty industry, which is like. A, marketing, and B, FDA regulation. So much stuff has to be FDA regulated, mm. which is, like, very specific to the states. And so that's why there's so many products that, like, you can only get in France and you can only get here because fucking Maybelline and Revlon are these giant monstrosities that, like, um that control so much of the lobbying. Um, So a lot of, like, what is... FDA approved and what is allowed in the states or not allowed here is them just controlling the market and you can get it overseas and like it's really right. interesting I'll I'll share um, there's a podcast a friend turned me on to called Naked Beauty podcast and honestly half the time I find it intolerable but it's had some really <laughs> interesting guests on it um, diving into there's one dermatologist they had on that like she did this like big reveal of the label of clean beauty um, the, the talk about like clean beauty is, is part of what makes this podcast often intolerable to me. Cause like people throw around the words, they're just right. eating up the words that marketers are throwing at them. And the words usually mean nothing so you can get into a similar situation with, like, the label organic and, like, whatever. You know, hyaluronic acid is having a moment. So people just start slapping hyaluronic acid on, on labels because it'll help it sell. But it's not at any amount that would actually make any difference for your skin. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know. There was an episode why I do love the, this podcast is because... It's fucking stupid and indulgent sometimes, and they also had on like some great guests who are just actual science people, mm, um, like the us. FDA stuff is crazy. Yeah, with scientists like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will. I will link the the episode because that would be great. Yeah, it's as uh, I don't know. It is. It's totally fucked. Don't definitely don't trust any fucking cosmetic company on anything.
0: I mean, I don't, and I do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't logically. But I am the biggest consumer of beauty products, skincare products. Yeah. Like, I love buying that stuff. I find the beauty in- industry very interesting from, like, the perspective you just talked about. It's totally fun. And from a consumer perspective of, like, yeah, it's fun. I'm totally sucked up by the marketing. I'm totally influenced by the YouTubers. I'm totally, mm. like, I'm all fucking in. Um, I feel like I've learned more about it and, like, make a little bit more conscious decisions at this point in my purchasing journey with beauty stuff but like I yeah don't know. like what you just said about hyaluronic acid and how like there's such a negligible amount um but they just want to say that on the label makes perfect sense to me and i would have oh, yeah. never occurred to me before like now i'm like oh so there's actually no niacinamide in my in my moisturizer probably not it's probably just because niacinamide sounds sciencey and is having yeah. a moment yeah. or just
1: like they slap it on and it's not even like you know enough to be an active ingredient or make any difference or like i i mean it's very silly. I feel like I've always been super um i pretty suspicious of any re- like pseudo medical claims mm. um maybe it's cuz my parents are medical people or like i'm just a suspicious person in general, but once you start learning about it like I don't know, the things that people claim will solve wrinkles, it's like, first, you need to think about what a fucking wrinkle is. Or, like, there's, like, two types of wrinkles. First of all, let me talk to you about wrinkles. Wrinkles are, like, either a depression, like, okay, not a scientist, but am I? Like... Uh, like a, one of the creases formed like between your eyebrows, the 11s, that's like the muscle repeating that movement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other, that one like Botox can help because it just paralyzes the
0: muscle. And like laugh lines, smile lines.
1: And smile lines. And then the other kind of wrinkle is more like the lines that come down from your nose to the corner of your mouth. And that's more because you're losing fat in your face as you get older. And once you like suck some of the volume out of your face, things sag and things fall because of mm. gravity. So that's that botox is not like paralyzing a muscle muscles have nothing to do with it is that you're like you're losing volume we're all losing volume in our face as we get older so like a cream a cream that claims to like address a wrinkle that is it's not touching a muscle and it's not filling your face it just makes no fucking sense if you learn like anything like the tiniest bit about biology and I don't know, I I know, uh, I know barely anything about any of this, but I just know how much companies will like make a claim to sell a product. It's kind of all you need to know. Totally. And so I feel like I've learned with skincare, I think also because I had really bad skin, I had such bad acne, like basically forever I was on, like I was prescribed Accutane and I spent so much time seeing a dermatologist, all the things, all the products that are like trendy They only make my skin worse. And I feel like Mm -hmm. they're only promoted by people who were just born with good skin. And so, I don't know. I always think, like, go to your dermatologist. If you want, like, actual improvements, go to your dermatologist.
0: Yeah, totally. That's a good takeaway. I just talked for
1: a while. Sorry, my bad.
0: I have nothing to say because I don't uh, know anything about it. But I think that was helpful. And I liked listening to it. So thank you.
1: I got to put someone on blast.
0: Oh, someone? By name or by type? Like type of person or specific person?
1: Both. It's not a personality, and it's a specific person, and her name is Caroline Winkler. Wow. I I think I'm a huge offender of this.
0: Okay. I can't wait.
1: So last week I delivered an impromptu definition of what I think qualifies you for not a personality, which is not just that you're obsessed to something, not just that you cling to a, the uh, to something as an identity, but that also you expect it to incur a certain reaction from people when you talk about, I'm such a dog person. I'm such a renovating my old home person. I'm such a whatever person. I love Christmas. I'm a Christmas girl. <laughs> um, and I think I do that. Ugh, it's so gross. I'm gross. I think I do that with introversion. I think I cling. I think I cling to introversion, and I think a lot of people do this. It's like trendy now. Nobody's bragging about being an extrovert. Everybody. It just feels fun to call yourself an introvert, right?
0: Right. So edgier. It's like, oh, I don't like people.
1: (laughs) It's more interesting. It's more mysterious. Mm -hmm. And it's like I totally overcling to it as an identity. First of all, any identity. There is no self. It's so limiting, and. I think I think recently I've heard myself talk about introvert introverted tendencies and I'm like fucking get over yourself take the mic away like I I don't know I think I'm a big offender and I don't know that I'm gonna stop but it's totally not a personality that I am guilty of
0: that is everything um (laughs) I guess it's like It's one of those things where, in one way, I almost want to kind of give you, like, push back and say, isn't introversion and extroversion, like, a personality type? Like, literally, is that what those are? Yeah, but I also
1: feel like it probably shouldn't be that much. Like, most of us, I I think it's actually silly. Like, most of us are introverted sometimes and extroverted sometimes. And, like, it's pretty much a spectrum. And a bunch of us are just a bunch of them.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think that that's really at the crux of this is like the whole construct is should not not be a person applicable. Yeah. It's like you're right. Just not working. It's just not working. Because even when you and I were talking about um, like our ratios of how much alone time we need, how much partner time we need, how much friend time we need, you needed more time with people than I said I did. But I identify as an extrovert Mm. and you identify as an introvert, which I thought was really interesting. And I think that's just because like it changes all the time. Like a year ago I would have answered differently. A year from now I might answer differently. A a day from now I might answer differently. Like um, I do think that there's something broken about that. And I feel like you just telling me that it's not a personality helps so much because I've been grappling with like I've – always been an extrovert but i feel like that's changing like who fucking cares if it's called this or called that i'm living my life i'm me yeah i don't know and there's no self so even if i'm me it's i'm not really she's not here she's doesn't (laughs) exist it changes all the time there's no
1: self there's no self and there's no just i mean i feel like labels or diagnoses or maybe i won't drag diagnoses into this but like those things are helpful (laughs) those things are helpful especially if it gives you a structure and a framework and a pattern and like helps you identify and put a name to things. But it's not very helpful when it's changing all the time for every person, depending on the situation, depending on the person, depending on the day. It's like, is it helpful anymore? I guess it's helpful to figure out, I don't like being in this situation for more than an hour or like I would like several hours of this, but that's kind of all it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are clinging to it these days and I'm, I'm guilty of it.
0: I think I am too. Um, I also realized after last week's episode, we talked about not a personality and we also talked about astrology. And that's a perfect not a personality example. Like loving astrology, knowing about astrology, being like associating with your sign. Like it's similar to the introversion, extroversion thing of these are constructs that we've created as a society to help us understand who we are, which everybody It's so true. Wow, that's so well said. We're all just trying to figure out who the fuck we are. Yeah, that's the reason, like what we said last week, like that's the reason that you decide that Halloween is your personality because you're just trying to figure out who you are and you're like, I guess I like this thing. But then making it your personality, it's a specific subset of Halloween lovers who do that. It's a specific subset of astrology lovers who do that. It's a specific subset of the office lovers who do that. But all of it is an attempt to... Just like have something to point to and be like, that's me. I can make sense of it and I can oh, tell other people so right. about it. And they can then wrap their heads around it. And then I can be yeah. understood. And then I can be seen. Like that's what it all comes down to. You're so right. You fucking killed it.
1: And and because and it's frustrating because the truth is there is no self. There is no self. There is no self. <laughs> <laughs> is no self. The end. <laughs> there is no self. You wanna do an update on Google search history? I have I genuinely have not looked. Um, I mean, one of mine is holy
0: mackerel meaning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I googled forest because I couldn't remember how to spell it. Why are you struggling with spelling so much? (laughs) I usually feel like a pretty good speller, but this is what happened. My friend Tessa once dated a dude named Forrest and was spelled with two R's, and it's always fucked with me.
0: Okay, as a name, I see. As
1: a name, yeah, and I'm just like, wait, one of them is unacceptable, and one of them is a forest, and I can't remember which is which. I'm Googling forest pretty pretty often.
0: Interesting. That's like dessert. I mean, it's the classic desert dessert conundrum. Um, yes,
1: but dessert you always want more of. <laughs> oh.
0: So it has more S's.
1: So it has more S's.
0: She can spell. She's got it. You can spell one word. I don't have a lot of interesting ones. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? something's wrong with my brain
1: i have on here the search the query is t-i-p-i because i I couldn't remember how to spell (laughs) tp no i I was never
0: gonna guess that that was tp
1: uh google was never gonna guess it either i had to sit and think about it for a while (laughs) tp oh my what is wrong with me is this a certain flavor of dementia
0: um it's probably the beginnings, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have a lot in the back of mine about um cartoon crushes because we were Ooh. I was posting a lot on our stories about yes, our cartoon crushes that we talked about a couple weeks ago, ones that we got from listeners. So I have who voiced Flick in A Bug's Life because Flick had a hot voice. Were you, you need-
1: jerking off when you were <laughs> Yeah, I was in
0: bed just like oh i need something Who to get me over that? the finish line let me Who <laughs> let me google this real quick i don't have a lot i have um yeah a lot of it is food i have a place that this is such a deep cut like i don't know if this is cool at all but it's cool to me which is um there's this sandwich restaurant in beirut lebanon that is like a part of my soul And when we used to go there when I was a kid, I haven't been to Lebanon in like 12 years, but we used to go maybe every couple of years. My grandma has passed, but at the time she was still living there and we would go visit and um, we would always like land at the airport. And no matter what time of day or night we landed, our first stop would be this shawarma restaurant called Marouche. And it's since closed. And I was trying to look for like evidence of its existence, and just look at pictures of the sandwiches. Probably in the same search as Flick, what who voiced Flick? As I was trying to get some things finished,
1: Aww. yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, the sandwich
0: is gonna seal the deal. <laughs> it's it's the best sandwich I've ever had, and I think about it all the time." And uh, that's one of my searches. Yeah, I'm really leaning into my culture yeah. lately. This is Aww. like. My parents always Here. said, as I got older, I would do more I of like that. that. Here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this has been nut for everyone. This has been nut for every nut. <laughs> nut for That's- one, nut for that- all. <laughs> nut for everyone is the um, what is it? The romance spinoff of this podcast. <laughs> the smut spinoff of this podcast
0: it's the romantic <laughs> comedy about you giving eye contact at the gym and unintentionally attracting suitors when you have a boyfriend and it's called nut for everyone and i'm the fun friend on the side who's giving you advice
1: collecting the
0: nuts. coming soon She's
1: collecting the nuts yeah okay. <laughs> um this has been not for everyone and um we really love you and it's been a hard day it's been a hard day to spell stuff but i hope that now at least you've learned a little bit more about what uh how you can lower your expectations in a romantic relationship i love jess and she's the best she's the best girl or in town and what? <laughs> yeah, this is really yeah. going in directions <laughs> yeah. that i, I couldn't have predicted but i love so you too ago, a couple of weeks ago we decided that jess would always do the intro and i would do the outro and i feel like she's about to take that privilege away from me
0: you know what i'll keep I those thoughts to, to myself we'll talk about it off keep me the lines keep me the lines talk about our Instagram. What do you want to tell them? I think we need
1: to give one call to action at the end. Too many things happening at the end. So this time I'm going to say,
0: last time it was review. How about this time follow our Instagram? Yeah, this time follow our Instagram if you know what's fucking good for you or come to your house will kill you.
1: <laughs> That's all. Thanks so much for coming. It's not for everyone pod with the number four. Not for everyone pod, follow it or I'll end your life.
0: Cool. Thanks for coming. Thanks for nutting. Not for everyone. I had to do something there. Good day. <laughs> so long suckers.
1: Oh wait. Also this podcast was abited. No, not abited. This podcast was edited by Abby Newhouse. Prince of Nut. The end.